A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colton Smith and as always, I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepherd. Oh shit! Uh, ben Archer. Yes! No, you got to go Ben Troy. Don't you think it's weird that you were Ben Bolton last week and now you're Ben Troy? Oh, shit, Ben Troy. Yeah, bit of a bonus fact. You're right, bonus fact. I think we better fill in everyone else who's just started to listen to the podcast. Every week I change Everyone who chose not to listen to last week's episode as well. (laughs) Saw the film and went... Uh, Yeah, I choose to change my name (laughs) to a character in the film and I've changed my name to Ben Troy. I quite like how I keep it. (laughs) The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together and educate each other on films. Now, it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we sit down together, we watch a film and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. Now, the beauty of our film club is that anybody can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought of the film. This week's choice has been chosen by Jack and Ben, and it is the summer blockbuster, Face Off. But before we get in to talking all things Face Off, as always, how has your week been? Now... We, we've we been a week ahead on the podcast, haven't we? So it's actually been two weeks since I've asked you this question. So there's probably quite a lot gone on, I would imagine. Yeah, you're saying that. You've got fucking loads to say, Colson. That's an absolute <laughs> load of shit. Ask me how my week was. Ask me how... Colson, <laughs> it's that time in the podcast where we say, how was your week, Colson? I'm going to start us off. Um, I think Jack just caught the fringe of this. But me and you, Ben, we... um. We we went on two wheels, didn't we? Tour de France, Tour de Salford, <laughs> um, Salford Canal. Um, you had very, very tight cycling stuff on. Lycra. <laughs> Someone got a new bike, didn't they? Yeah, so I ordered a bike, a push bike, in October 2020. And due to the pandemic, apparently push bikes were high in demand. So I only got it like three weeks ago. I've brought it up to Manchester and I've been cycling just when I've got time, just going out on the Bridgewater Canal and just cycling to like Wigan, like Wigan or that way, like anywhere basically. And me and Ben both finished work at 12 o'clock and I said, do you fancy a bike ride? And Ben was like, yes, but I don't have a bike. And he thought that was his way out of it. He (laughs) thought that's safe because I'll say yes, I won't pay him, but I'll just say I haven't got a bike. One, two, skip a few. We're in the prop store. Ben's, <laughs> Ben's got Simon Barlow's bike. I was on Simon Barlow's bike. 
It said it in a, on a sticker. Stolen, yeah. stolen episode something or other. Simon Barlow's bike. Yeah. <laughs> so the props still were mint, weren't they? Yeah. So we're we, we're just about to leave the car park. I think we've just seen Jack was walking onto the yeah, Jack yeah, was yeah. like, "Yeah, I have remember. a good time." And there we were, ready to go on our big biking adventure. We were going to go to Liverpool on the canal. Great time. Ben makes his first move on the pedal. Pedal flies off. <laughs> pedal came off, but it was like one of those things where you're going, and here he is on the line. He's starting off. It's the tour. It's the start of a three-week tour. Pedal's off. Pedal came straight <laughs> off. Then Gunny came around the corner and went, oh, like a dad, don't worry, I'll try and fix it. And then I thought to myself, this is perfect. I'm out here. I'm out. You can't cycle with one pedal, can you? Then a lad comes out the studio, one of the lads we work with, and went, hey, don't worry, you can borrow mine. Oh, the classic. classic. Haven't ridden it for six months. It's in the bike store, and it was full of cobwebs, wasn't it? I was buzzing, though, because it meant that we got out on the ride. And the ride went fairly smoothly, but Ben kept mentioning... It didn't go smoothly at all, actually, your bell end. (laughs) A bit like when we run, we start off together, don't you? You start off talking. Oh, this would be a nice little ride. Old Greg LeMond fucks off on his new bike. (laughs) I'm on the bike that's fucking five years old with flat tyres. He literally fucks off, Jack. Like, gone. Like, oh, do oh, I didn't realise you were back there, you old man. Oh, and I'm like, I'm absolutely pegging it. I'm knackered. Tyres are flat. We go for an hour. He stops. I go, oh, these tyres are bad, you know. I can't get anywhere. Oh, well, well, I've got a pump. <laughs> Tells you an hour in. <laughs> Tells me an hour in. Oh, an hour in. I've got a pump. I pumped the tyres up. Now we're talking. Now it's a race. It's like that scene out of Dumb and Dumber when he goes, I've got some extra gloves. <laughs> On the way home, though, as soon as he got fresh air in his tyres, he was he, he was way ahead of me. I was like, whoa, slow, slow down, cowboy. Oh, I was off. It's like I never realised biking was so good. So I've bought a bike now, haven't I? Have you? Yeah, gone full full guns. Well, my son's got a bike. He's obviously bought a better one than me as well, just oh. to just to one up. I bought a red one. Goes quicker. Red one goes quicker. Colour goes quicker. Red goes quicker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was our bike adventure. But I think there's something else you haven't been telling us, Colson. Something else has happened. So this happened last weekend. So I I've bought a house. I'm I'm preparing to leave Ben because I've decided living with a old man is is no longer for me. <laughs> that doesn't sound strange at all, does it? <laughs> so um, I've bought a house and I am renovating it. I say I am renovating it. I have builders doing renovations. So they currently dig in the foundations for my extension, yeah? So dig, dig, dig. But on the Friday <laughs> last week, I got a phone call saying, we've got a pecker problem at the house. And I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what a pecker problem is. Um, but basically, the pecker that fits onto the digger didn't fit on, so they couldn't break up the concrete. So I was like, okay, sound. They went, the build, the builders are going to come back on Saturday. I went, that's fine. Obviously, I'm not around. It's a weekend, so I'm at home home. Mm. I'm in Scarborough, yeah, at Cricket. Q text message from the neighbour of the house that I've bought at half five. Hi, Colson, just so you know. The alarm's going off at the house. Oh, God. So 
the builders had set the alarm off, turned it off to get the alarm off, and then when they left the house, turned it back on. So they've left, and then half an hour later, the alarm goes back off. She said, the builders have said that they've sorted it. So I spoke to the builders, yeah, yeah, we've sorted it, it's off. So I think, nothing to worry about. Cue half past nine at night, neighbour rings, the alarm's still going off. Mm. Wait, hold on, it'd been going off for four hours? Yes, and I thought it had been sorted because the builders said, yeah, 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 we'd, we'd sorted it. Mm. When they'd left, the alarm wasn't going off. But as they've left, they've reconnected the power, which has then charged the alarm back up. So half an hour down the road to them, it's set off again. And I just thought it was all sorted. So half past nine, I am miles away. So I have to ring my mum, don't I? But she's miles away. Yeah, exactly. She's not much further than you. That's rough on your mum. The 9.30 on a Saturday night phone call. And I said to my mum, I said, but it's easy when you get there. It's just a two-minute job. You just put the code in and then you're done. And I bet you, you didn't know the code. No. There <laughs> I can see that already. It's easy, mum. It's it's just one, two, three, four. I've done that. It's still going off. Ooh, um, my birthday. No, still going off. Four zeros. <laughs> A, B, C, D. No. The alarm engineer had to come out. And when the worst thing was, when I rang, when I rang my mum when I was there, the sound of this alarm. Oh, really? Like, so loud. And the neighbours said people were coming from, like, the other side of the field. Yeah. Coming over saying, what's going on with that alarm? When's it going to turn off? And the neighbour said to me, I don't mind. She had ear defenders on. I was like, you can't live like this. It's, it's got to get turned off. So I've not even moved in yet. And I'm already going to be in the bad books, aren't I? Jack, how was your week? I've gone on walks. I suppose I've taken a leaf out of yours two books and doing a bit of exercise my girlfriend wanted to get out the house and just explore a little bit and she wanted to see yorkshire a bit more (laughs) hold on you walked yorkshire you just literally said she wanted to get out a bit so we walked yorkshire it's a hell of a fucking walk you could have switched his alarm off as you were going past No, right. Just wanted something to do and go on a bits of walks and sort of fed up of going round Manchester countryside. So I thought we'd explore a little bit further. She went up Snowdon of a weekend. That's not in Yorkshire. No, I know, but she's got the bug to go and explore further afield. Do you know what I mean? She's on about going up Ben Nevis as well. I can't do mountains. I'm not doing any of that. So we walked. We walked round Nairsborough. We got in. <laughs> Did you get in the boat? We got in a little rowboat. Went in a yes. little rowboat. Shipton's Cave, Mother Shipton's Cave. We Which there. is crap, isn't it, Jeff? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> it's not even a cave, Ben. It's a hole in a cliff. Yeah. You can't go in it. You can't walk in it. Is that where she lived? Yeah, she was this old sort of prophet, basically, from like Henry VIII sort of time. And usually they would have burnt her alive and said she was a witch. But Henry VIII came up in awesome car. And said, let's make it a tourist attraction. No, he said, let her live. She's told me summer, And yeah, I believe it. And it's great. So she predicted the Great Fire of London, the plague and all stuff like that. And he said, let her live. Don't burn her. But she has to stay in this cave. And she said, that's all. I only want to live in there, to be honest. So that's where she lived. I would say the good thing about Nairsborough is the boats. How were you? 
at rowing? Well, I've been on a few weekends in a row now because I take my kids there. Ah, so you know what you do. But they are bloody hard. <laughs> Other people don't know what they're doing. So it's like it's like it's basically like the bandits on boats. That no, they don't. And all all the men have to do it and row the girl in the boat. <laughs> and you look a bit of a knob if you can't do it. Do you not give it the old gondola? Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'd be tempted no. to give it one cornetto and stand up. You'd fall in. You definitely would fall in. Anything for you, Ben? What have you have you been up to much? There's a few things that make me laugh more than uh, school sports day. Oh, have you had that? We've had school sports day, and I fucking love it because it's an absolute bun fight. Because you've got someone doing shot put. Someone legging it round. And I remember at my school, did you have sports day at your school? Yeah. Egg and spoon race and sack. I've never lost a sack race. (laughs) (laughs) Undefeated world champion. (laughs) Undefeated. (laughs) I've never lost a sack race. Never lost. I remember filming a sack race at work. Yeah, I remember. That was was proper funny. Everyone was like, no, don't worry. There's Chris and a bit. Oh, no, don't worry. It's just a bit of fun. It's a bit of filming. As soon as that gun went off, everyone (laughs) was absolutely hacking it down to win. School sports day, Colson? Big for you? Yeah, but obviously, like I've told you, Cass High, the home of Cass Factor, used to do things (laughs) differently. So um, our sports day, you used to dress up. So your form group would pick a theme. <laughs> so like my form was Lupton. Miss Lupton was my form tutor. So we had like Lupton's Lumberjacks, Lupton's Lion King. And you would, you'd, you'd dress up and kind of go with it. And obviously I didn't take part in any of the sporting activities. What, Javelin is the Lion King? Bas- yeah, fully dressed up. Me there as Pumba. A Kuna Matata, whoosh! There it goes. I've absolutely leathered that. Did you have first, second, and first? Yeah, because they don't have that anymore. No, they do. They do now. Do they? Oh yeah, they do. They do. And even if they don't, I still call it. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's a first there. Well, shall we do what we're here to actually do, which is talk about films? Yes. So this week, you guys wanted me to watch Face Off. Which one of you wants to give us a synopsis? Shall I go? Go on, Jack. You do it. You do it. You do it. I can see you're absolutely... If it was sports day, you would have gone... Sack race. I've never lost a sack race. (laughs) (laughs) Undefeated. Right, Jack, go on. Give us the... uh... Give us the face-off. Synopsis, face-off. 1997 film, directed by John Woo, stars Travolta and Nick Cage. Um, Travolta um, is Sean Archer, FBI agent, and Nicolas Cage is the baddie, Caster Troy. At the beginning of the film, Caster Troy is trying to kill Sean Archer. Shoots him, goes through him, and kills his little boy instead. Then Sean Atcher is on a vendetta trying to find and purposely and, and kill, capture Nicolas Cage. And he it basically destroys him over the course of like six years. And he turns into a bit of a maniac <laughs> trying, to, trying to hunt him down. He eventually does. He eventually does. Captures him at the beginning in this big shootout. But he's in a coma. But... Caster Troy has hid a bomb in L.A. and saw that Sean Archer can find the bomb and stop it from going off. He must become Caster Troy and, sw- and 
take his face and put it on his own. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. I'll give you the money. How much do you need? <laughs> but he does that, and then he goes into a prison to find Pollux Troy, which is Castor, Castor Troy's brother, and try and find out where this bomb in LA is hidden so that they can defuse the bomb in time. I mean, it, it's a hard film to explain because it sounds so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe... Jack and Ben would like this sort of film because it is just it's so far away from any form of realism even now and it's 23 years old I think when it came out it it did seem a little bit far-fetched when it came out but for some reason I don't know why but them doing that in that lab with the face I really buy into it every single time and I completely agree it's possible See, I had the opposite reaction now, watching it later. Oh, did you? I went, what a load of shit. (laughs) He's woken up with no face and he's having a fag. This is interesting because I, um, it's a bit early in the podcast for a fact, but I went and like read up on it afterwards because I kind of, I was intrigued as to how you get to an idea like that. And the writer wrote the film after his friend was in a hang gliding accident and had physical surgery on his face so i tried to find out if it was possible and facial reconstruction is a thing that has been around since the 1990s and now what they can do is incredible yeah they can actually do it but it's the way they were swapping faces like glasses cutting it off and trying it off like like you could go to a trafford center and pick a new face like you turn up and go oh i'm playing uh i'm playing david platt today (laughs) <laughs> put his face on do you know what I mean they take it on off on off Jack's off work ill but it's fine because he's left his face so we're going to get someone else <laughs> it was going to be sci-fi wasn't it was that the idea yeah I think originally it was going to be sci-fi and John Woo didn't want to do sci-fi to be fair Travolta and Cage sell it they're very good so let's just talk a little bit about w- the watching of the film because I don't know if you had any difficulties Jack but me and Ben did why? It took us about three hours to watch it. There was something wrong with the picture. I don't know what happened to the telly. Basically, any dark colours you couldn't see. So at times it was just floating heads and then like a blur, a bit like Ben Zoom background. <laughs> <laughs> funny. It was funny. And then I had to dig deep into the advanced settings. That got oh, a bit right. of a ball ache. And he's there Googling best TV settings. And it just, nothing was working. We got like, it a bit better eventually, didn't we? Yeah, and then we kind of just put up with it. But it was, did you not have that? No. No, I got it off the old Prime. That's what we did. But we rented it for three ninety nine. Bought it in SD for seven ninety nine, then bought it in HD for seven ninety nine to see if it made a difference. So it's cost us twenty quid to watch this film. Oh God! So, should we start with the opening, which is quite an opening, isn't it? Nick Cage with a sniper rifle, with Travolta, merry-go-round, merry-go-round, child, child gets shot, well through Travolta's body. It's quite an opening, isn't it? It's sort of like set a couple of years before, isn't it? It's like 1990, something yeah. like that, isn't it? 91. So so this is a summer blockbuster. So if people are going to watch this, are they just expecting out-and-out action? Well, John Woo, the director, he had done Hard Boiled, that film with, uh, is it Chari Young Fat? Yeah, well known for that kind of stuff. Martial arts, 
detective film where he just goes around and kicks the shit out of people. John Woo had done that. And it was a bit of a sort of iconic martial arts film, really, of the 90s, or 80s. So he'd done that. And then, but have you seen Broken Arrow, Ben, that came out a year before this? Yeah. It's basically the same film. John Travolta starts off being the good guy in Broken Arrow with Christian Slater. They have a big fallout and John Travolta turns off to be a real bad guy. And it's an action blockbuster exactly the year before. Same film, Broken Arrow, which is really good, really good. But I think Face Off is better. Um, But yeah, it kicks off the beginning of the film when his son dies and it's a big opening. And then you see the transformation, what that does to Sean Archer after. He becomes hell-bent on just capturing Caster Troy and getting all of the FBI to focus all their attention on getting Caster Troy and either bringing him to justice or just killing him. It's a full-on revenge mission, isn't it? Yeah. And then we have the bit where it's six years later and we're meeting Caster Troy and he's up to no good again, isn't he? He's up to no good, I he, like He's that. a wrong one. What are you up to? I'm up to no good. <laughs> dressed as he's a just, priest. <laughs> yes, just as a priest. And everyone's looking at him. You get the feeling that everyone's looking going... In rehearsal, you didn't do that. <laughs> and now you're dancing around the set. Um, just go with it. Go with it. It's great. It's great. Isn't he great? What, you just feel he's not doing anything that they've agreed. One thing me and Ben said was, imagine as two actors. So we're assuming Travolta and Cage like got along with each other. But imagine as two actors getting to play the character that your mate was then going to play and you're only playing them for five minutes and they've got two hours to hold that character for because Cage goes so camp, doesn't he? So over-the-top, perfect, cheese. Yeah, you th- we were thinking, that's brilliant. He goes full cheese just so for the next two hours you have to do full cheese. Yeah. Fair play to Devolta. He takes it on. That's not easy, is it? They lived with each other for two weeks before filming, so they could get to learn each other's mannerisms, you know, um, things they would say, how they would walk and talk and everything. And I think Cage found it harder trying to be Travolta because Travolta, don't forget, had done Grease, Saturday Night Fever, but then he'd done Pulp Fiction. So he's done a massive change of character. Yeah. And Cage is just mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. somewhat easier to be Nicolas Cage. Well, it's Cage being Cage. Yeah. Yeah. In in everything he does now, that's what you want from Cage, isn't it? I'm a big mm. Nicolas Cage fan. I think it comes from National Treasure. Like, that, that, they're big films for me, then. Do you know what? I like National Treasure as a film. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. He's, he's a good, good actor. But in terms of... The characters that these two portray, they really do hold it, don't they? So, let's be joined in the private jet. So, he's on his way, isn't he? He's on the Great Escape. He thinks he's got it. He's in the pri- There's a weird scene with the FBI agent where he says, suck my tongue, <laughs> as, yeah. as you do. And then he gets caught, doesn't he? And it's time for the big showdown. And he finally catches his man. There's a shoot-off with some dodgy special effects. Like, it did look dated in that, didn't it? Do you know what, though, Coles? It isn't... It is a plane getting blown up. It isn't special effects. Nothing in the film is. Really? Yeah, it's all real. So they just had one go at it all? 
They had one go. They got 15 cameras and they just lit up the plane <laughs> and just crashed it into the hangar. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be big and it will be a bit loud. Good luck. And action. 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 <laughs> Actually, I did see the two stuntmen. And as they were flying through the air, I'm sure they're sort of thinking, that's close. At the end. You're on about at the end, aren't they? Yeah. I'll talk about that later. Um, so he gets blown, doesn't he? He gets blown unconscious by a jet engine. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of put into a coma. Yeah. And that's where they catch him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And as we know, at the FPI, one thing they do is they Did put him into a... Did you say FPI? Yeah, that's what I was thought. As you know, at the FBI. <laughs> FBI. F- FB. No, I, I think I, I think I meant to Put say. Put your teeth in. FBI. FBI. I like FBI. that. The FBI. Federal. Federal Post Office of <laughs> Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the FBI, they go back to the FBI. He gets a message for, off a computer, doesn't he? Saying there's a bomb. Yeah, and he's obviously kind of said to his wife. When once I get Troy, it's game over. It's retirement. We're buying a boat. We're gonna have a great life. Yeah, this is my last sack race. I'm not doing any more. This is my <laughs> last sack race. Once I win this one, I'm, I'm finishing undefeated. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He sort of said this is the end, and then there's a bomb, and he's not told them where the bomb is, and it's going to blow everyone up. Yeah, and he kind of they they come to him and they say, look, th- th- there is there is this mission, and it's only you that can do it because you know Caster Troy inside and out, and to do this mission, you're going to have to become him. <laughs> yeah. What's the mission? You're getting his face. Well, he tries, doesn't it? He? he actually tries. He says, "This is ridiculous. I'll just I'll just get his gang, and I'll yeah. get them to talk. Yeah. I'll yeah. get them to talk. That's what I do." And they're like, "Sean." We're running out of time. There's a bomb. We've got days, maybe hours. We need to know where this bomb is. It's in LA. It's going to blow But up. it's like his face would heal in like an hour. Yeah. Like a plaster. No, they've got those lasers. They've got those oh, lasers, haven't they? You're so in with the science of believing it, aren't you? <laughs> He's completely invested there. I just need a new face. Give me an hour. It's like a. It's it's like he's getting his trousers taken up. I need a, <laughs> I need a new face. Give us an hour while you wait. Actually, I didn't mind the face, the taking the face off bit. That was quite good. They explained it quite well, and they yeah. did the effects quite well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah of the yeah. cutting and then the seeing the bit of redness and the lifting. And there's the pre- one bit. There's one bit that I can't get my head around. How do they make Nicolas Cage grow? John Travolta's hair. Well, you've had a hair transplant, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Walk fast. Straight into that one. They plug it, they plug them. You see it. You see them plug the hair in, don't they? Do and they, they cut it. Do, they? do you not remember? They give it a cut. No, they cut they cut Travolta's hair, but why are they they're not cutting Nick Cage's hair? He's in the coma, he's gone. Oh, I see. Yeah. Very you're absolutely right. He should have a face and Nicholas Cage's hair. And the hair. same hair. It wouldn't work, but you're dead right. You've seen a massive hole in that. <laughs> so now Travolta's got the new face of Caster Troy. He has to go to prison, doesn't he? And when he's in prison, nobody really knows he's undercover. Do, even the staff don't seem to know. Yeah, yeah, even they don't know. Um, obviously, he said to his wife, I'm working away, and she's not very happy. And anyway, he's in the prison. He's got these metal shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit shit, isn't it? The magnetic shoe. Imagine the first half an hour of this film for me. So it's got the weird chase. 
Then he cuts his face off, and then they're in this prison that nobody's ever meant to know exists when they've got shoes that stick to the floor. The whole film was virtually meant to be set in the prison. So the bit that sort of like got left behind in the earlier draft of the script was the metal shoes. So John Woo said, we're getting out the prison and everything's going to take place out virtually. I don't want to be in there for any long, but they forgot to take out the metal, the metal <laughs> they shoes. They forgot to take it out. There was meant to be scenes where some of the convicts were uh, asleep like bats on the uh, roof in their metal shoes. Like that other thing Stallone does and he's in a prison of glass. Yeah. Well, Stallone and Schwarzenegger were, were going to be the two leads were they? Uh, in this film originally, yeah. God, can you imagine swapping their faces? Yeah. I think it works better with Travolta and Cage. They're, they're crazy enough to carry it off. Travolta's good, isn't he? He is good. Yeah. He is good. Well, Michael Douglas produced it. Did you notice that? Yeah, we saw that. I said to Ben, yeah. Michael Douglas produced it and he got the rights for the film because it was written in 1990 was the film. So he got the rights to the script to possibly be in, to be Sean Archer and Harrison Ford was going to play Caster Troy. So it would be then too. But then as it got older to 1997, he didn't want to act in it anymore. He felt he was too old to do the role. So he said he would produce it. And the roles went to Travolta and Cage. So we're in the prison with the metal shoes. And it's that awkward bit of we're seeing Travolta as Cage trying to kind of get everything right, get his feelings right, aren't we? He suspects his brother. His brother's in the prison yeah. as well, isn't he? And he's in to get information out of his brother. But he has to play his cards right in front of his brother because his brother is going to know him better than anyone, isn't he? And it's kind of that bit of how can I prove to my brother that I am me without making a big deal of it? But his brother slightly suspects something. Are you thinking, would you suspect something? But he does act so weird. I know, but if I acted a bit weird and said, oh, I've got a headache, you wouldn't go, has Ben had a face change? I know, yeah, it's ridiculous. I couldn't get my head around that. He cottons on pretty bloody quick. Anyway, anyway, they have the fight and he looks crazy enough, doesn't he? Beats the guy to a pole. Yeah. yeah. And they go, oh, that must be him. But as well, first question, I mean, I, I'm not a detective. I've not been to the FBI or the FPI school for that matter. I know that to be a detective, you kind of have to play the part, especially when you're undercover. So the first question you ask is not, where's the bomb? <laughs> like, that's not... <laughs> it, 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 is yes, it? he did say that, didn't Straight he? away, in the dinner queue. But he finds out. He finds out straight away, doesn't yeah. he? Then the guy goes, oh, it's at the LA Convention Centre. Oh, right, thank you. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. F- right, I'm over. out now. Bye. Can I have my face back, please? But it doesn't go to plan, does it? Because... Gets a visitor. He gets a visitor. Whilst he's been in prison, Castor Troy's woke up with no face. Woke up with no face. Smokes a cigarette, puts another face on, cuts his hair, then goes into prison. And then kills all the surgeons. Because this is what I thought. Because he kills the surgeons, I was like, are they going to be stuck forever? Because surely there's only one surgeon in the world that can do the face make stuff. that happen. But he goes into prison and he gets the brother released, doesn't he? Which is a great move in terms of the story. Mm. Playing the cop, but also getting it for your own agenda. Like, I've, I thought that was really smart. So he gets the brother released, and as soon as he gets the brother released, 
the brother knows what's going on. And there's that scene, isn't there, where he's in the prison and he sees his brother walk above him and he just smiles and he goes, bye-bye. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of where the film kicks in, isn't it? Because it's now a tale of, it's a bit of bit of an action thriller, isn't it? Of they're playing each other and who who's going to win, who's going to make the mistake and how's it going to play out? And is he going to get out of prison? He needs to get out of the prison. Yeah. Well, he asks around, doesn't he? And they say the only time they ever take the metal boots off is when they electrocute, fry your head, yeah. basically. So he has to do something really bad to get taken to the chair where they fry their brain. So he does that. And then just before they're about to fry his brain, he spots the other guy and he says, look, help me get out of here and we'll escape together. So he agrees and then it's it's a it's a basically a, a smash and grab. Let's just fight his way out. And that's what they do. And um, if you notice throughout when Sean Archer is Nicolas Cage, he doesn't actually kill anyone. He always likes wounds people. thought that was very clever. He like shoots a guard in the foot, in the leg, or just to take him out the equation, or he'll, he'll throw him somewhere. Or he doesn't actually shoot people in the head. And he, I think he stops the guy a few times, doesn't he? He's like, no, don't kill anyone, don't kill anyone. And then he goes, okay, and then he immediately shoots someone. And then he shoots everyone. Everyone's dead in the prison, aren't they? They escape the prison, and now it's the hunter becoming the hunted, isn't it? Yeah. We've swapped roles again. Swap, swap, swap. Cage as Travolta. Travolta as Cage. Travolta is off to get back to get him, get revenge. Well, the first thing he does is he wants everybody to love him, doesn't he? Because he's a bit of a narcissist, is... Uh, Castor Troy so while he's Sean Archer he knows how to defuse the bomb so he walks in the LA convention centre and I thought this was funny there's the bomb squad there they don't know the code they're trying to crack the bomb and he goes any suggestions and they go huh run yeah we can't defuse the bomb and if you're looking at the timer it's got a minute and 30 left and they're joking and he goes clear the scene let me have a go. And they go, but sir, it's going to go. And he goes, get out of here. But it's just how calm the bomb squad are. That's what my mum was like at the house last Friday. <laughs> last Saturday. <laughs> one, two, three, four. She's like that. It didn't work. <laughs> four, three, two, one. Didn't work. You've got a minute and a half. Don't worry. Yeah. It's been going on for six hours. He makes himself the hero, doesn't he? Straight away. Puts himself on a pedestal. Um, and you do start to see different ways that um, he reacts before he changed his face because he takes praise, isn't he? Which before he never did. Like Archer was kind of a very understated cop, whereas now he'll walk in and he'll let people applaud him and he'll take the bottles of champagne. Squeezes people's asses. (laughs) (laughs) Proper verb. Like he, he plays, he plays the hero well. And it's kind of all very much getting everyone on his side. And we see a really weird relationship with his wife, don't we? Because he reads his wife's diary and works out that Archer has been so involved in capturing Castor Troy that he's Mm. thrown everything away. Like, since the death of his son, it's just been about capturing Troy, like the last six years have. Um, So he kind of plays to the fact that, you know, he's back and now Troy's gone, we can concentrate on me and you, when the irony is he's actually Troy and... He starts to like sleep with his wife, which is weird. Like properly, properly weird. Does that thing where he lights one hundred and fifteen candles in the house? I mean, that'd win me over. In fairness, do you know what I mean. You'd be, it's fire hazard, that, isn't it? 
steak dinner, a bit of music. I'm yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sack race, and then off. <laughs> what a night we had. Where did you go? Mother Shipton's Cave. Loads of candles. Finished off with a sack race. Brilliant. And a gondola. Um, yeah, so th- that's a bit weird. And then Travolta as Cage. No, hold on. He's He's replicating his life, isn't he? They're both replicating each other's lives. So he becomes... At one with the drug dealers, yeah, and yeah. and all like the prostitutes that he's ever been with in it. It's it's weird, yeah. It's like a sort of it's comic book stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, the producers and the writers wanted Sasha, you know that girl. Oh yeah, the mum of the, the child. Mom, the mum of the child. They wanted her to sleep with John Travolta playing Nick Cage. So they wanted that, and it was John Woo and Travolta said, "No, I don't think, I don't think that should happen. Let Caster Troy do all that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they cut that bit where um, he stops himself from doing it, doesn't he? But then just after that, Nick Cage as Travolta gets all the police to shoot the shit out of the building. Yeah, and then that's what John Woo's famous for: is big gunfights, blow everything, blow everything up, shoot yeah. everyone a lot of times. And I mean, that goes on for like six, seven minutes, isn't it? Longer. Rolling around the floor, glass everywhere, proper action, isn't it? Like, and cheesy action at yeah, the same time. Yeah, like. yeah. He loves a slow mo, doesn't he, John Woo? Did you notice that? Throughout the entire film, it's just slow mo central. Yeah. And the kid, when he's got the headphones on and it's somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah. Somewhere over the rainbow. He wanted that in the film, John Woo. And the studio said, no, 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 we can't afford the rights to the song. On your bike, John Woo. And he went, well, I'll pay for it then. So out of his own money, he paid for the rights to have the song in the film. And the studio paid him back the money when it was a massive success, the film. So was this film a massive success? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, box office gold. Box office gold. Now, that's high. Let's see how much it made. It went to become the 11th highest domestic and 14th worldwide grossing film of 1997, earning a domestic total of $112 million. It had a total worldwide gross of $245 million. That's massive. That's massive. In 97, $250 million. Ben, you have my face and you have to convince Jack that you're not me, you're you. What do you say? Oh, God, that's quite good, isn't it? What would I say? I'm trying to think of something Jack would know about me that you wouldn't know. I'm stuck in this body now, aren't I? Because I can't think of anything. You're, you're me for the rest of your life. I, okay, let's... let's. I'll have a think. Coulson, <laughs> oh, you've got my face. You've got to convince Jack you're you, not me. And what would I say to Jack to convince him it's me? He'd have to... Oh, I don't know. I don't, it's, a t- it's hard, when isn't you it? you get put in, it's a hard question. Because imagine when Travolta's doing that and his daughter is being held at gunpoint, you've got to think quick, haven't you? We have. It, it's hard to find something that not both of us know. Yeah. You just yeah. go back to, I had chips for tea last night. I've lived with both of you, so you both know quite a lot about me <laughs> we've run out of toilet paper it's bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah how would you yeah it's quite hard to convince someone it's quite mm. a good question that isn't it? it it is a good question I, it's gonna it's gonna bug me as to how i would identify myself to jack 
I've done quite well because I've got a few more years to live. <laughs> I'd just stand in front of you. I wouldn't say anything. I'd just take my socks off, leave them on the floor and walk off. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Shepard would get into a sack. Yeah, obviously. And we go, oh, God, it's got to be Jackie's undefeated. <laughs> I thought that was a weird bit in the film when that brother and sister start kissing. Do you remember that? That bald guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether they tried to sort of make them like all kind of like on the edge. <laughs> Eccentric characters. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Well, that's just not right. It doesn't work. Let's move on. Yeah. So we're they've had the big gunfight and now where are they now? I'm trying to think. How, how does it end, Jack? I can't remember. Nicolas Cage, playing John Travolta, convinces his wife that he gives her the blood, doesn't he? He says, I'm O negative, Caster Troy's AB positive. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. So he says, blood samples, now you know. That's yeah. the evidence. You know what... Yeah. So she goes, right, okay, yeah. perfect. Oh, the chief of police dies. Yeah. And it's that funeral, isn't it? I was going to say, Caster Troy kills him, doesn't he? Yeah. Strangles him, then turns up at the funeral. And takes his job. Takes his job. Nick Cage, Travolta, face off... In the church. And that's basically it. It's um, He's going to turn up to kill him. It's a shootout in the church. Yeah. Then it's a bore off. It's Nairsborough all over again. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got I've got tired at this point, Ben, because I'm not quite sure I remember the ending. The speedboats. John Travolta's just killing anybody who walks in his way. Yeah, Travolta, he shoots at those people in the other boat, just kills them for no reason. He could have gone round them. And he goes, right, I'm just shooting everyone now. You know those fights on the speedboats? They're real fights on speedboats. Yeah. Driving on the water on a speedboat at full guns. When this film came out, even on VHS, even on a crappy TV, you could tell those two guys flying through the air at the, at the end are stuntmen. Yeah. And it always pissed me off that it's not Nicolas Cage and it's not John Travolta. But it is them crashing two speedboats and them flying through the air. But you have to remember, it is two people. Yeah, because now they'd swap their faces, wouldn't they? Well, it'd be CGI, wouldn't it? Have you ever? Did you ever see the um, stunt show at Hollywood Studios at Disney? Yeah, Jack, I will have done. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, that's that's impressive. I know I've slagged off Hollywood Studios before, but the stunt show is very... Have you seen that, Ben? No, I don't think I have. What happened? So they just fall off buildings. It's, it's basically stuntmen from the movies who are obviously now working for Disney doing like a, a live show. And they do live stunts. It's really and like good. cars crashing in. And how they do it is, yeah, it's, really, it's proper cool. cool. Imagine, imagine turning up and you don't feel quite right on a Monday morning. What are you up to? Well, I'm falling off a building then. I'm getting set alight. Oof. I'm not up to it. Big weekend. We've seen it because I think we've had this conversation before. It is quite ironic how a stuntman's title is to be a stuntman when really there's no stunt about it. If they're crashing a car, they're crashing a car. Yeah. And they just get out of it. And it's like, it's their job. And it's not like, you know, they they don't do anything that we couldn't do. They physically just Mm. do it. Yeah. Although there there is a bit of skill. It's not just like Coulson getting into his car and crashing it. Yeah. <laughs> Through the roundabout. I'm a stuntman now. I've changed my job. So he dies, doesn't he? Yes. He gets the harpoon at the end, doesn't he? Yes. There's a harpoon fight, which we've never seen much of since, really. I wonder why. But there's a harp- the harpoon goes off and he sort of grabs it, doesn't he? Ace Ventura, that's got a harpoon. Oh, there we go. 
he does the old kick in the bollocks and the harpoon. <laughs> kick in the balls, harpoon in the heart. Yeah. And then the final kind of like bit is, is Travolta going to get his face back? <laughs> is he going to be Nick Cage for the rest of his life or is he going to be John Travolta? And he comes round the door to his family. And takes the kid in whose daddy's just killed. Oh yeah, that's a that is a weird bit. Yeah, it's strange. You're right. That is strange. <laughs> that is strange. Because the kid is obviously going to replace his dead son. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, shall we take a quick break? <laughs> and then we'll come back and rate it. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, Jack, Ben, who wants to start us off? You start us off. It's always me, Ben. Uh, I didn't like it. Did you not? I like those two. I think I saw too many holes this time. I think probably when I first saw it, I was just into the candy of it. But this time, I was like, I don't know. I suppose maybe it was also, it's one of those films that on the first showing, you're kind of going, oh God, they swap their faces. What's going to happen? Once you've seen it once, and I've probably seen it two or three times, it just doesn't have many rewatches in it. And you go, yeah, it's all right. But he swapped his face. Then there's that bit. Then there's that bit. So, yeah, I think I just... Nick Cage, Travolta are fantastic. I think they do really well. But it wasn't like... I was thinking, is this a film you should have seen if you haven't? Is it? I'm going six. Oh, sloppy six. Harpoon in the heart. It was harpoon in the ball. <laughs> kicking the balls, harpoon in the heart. Gondola off on the six. So, Jack, you've got to bring us back here. Uh... Growing up watching this, Conair, Broken Arrow. I love these sort of films. And yeah, I think Travolta and Cage have done a great job. And at the time, these two were massive. Travolta had just done Pulp Fiction. Nicolas Cage had just won an Oscar for Best Actor. <laughs> I know, which was amazing. What was that for? Moon? Was it Moon? No, no, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh. So, John Woo is 
is the guy you want on your books if if you're directing an action film. He did this, he did Broken Arrow, Hard Boiled. He went on to do Mission Impossible 2 with Tom Cruise after this. And I watched it with my girlfriend and we really, really did like it. I did like the characterizations of both of them, um, the action sequences, and the fact that it's fucking real, that it is just them blowing shit up. It and isn't they really seed- did swap faces. They re- <laughs> yeah, obviously, that bit. But no, I'm going to go eight. Fucking hell. Bang on eight, I'm going to go eight. Yeah, big gun. Colson. Hard for me because um, bits I liked, bits I couldn't get on board with, and I've got in my head that I gave Billy Elliot a six and I really shouldn't have given Billy Elliot a six. Why? Billy Elliot was better than a six. When I listened back to the Billy episode and I go sloppy six, I'm like, why have I done that? I think you've done it because you got shitty. You just wanted to be shitty because you suspected we were going to be shit. We'd You're going been to sabotage shitty about high school, high school musical. musical. Sabotage. So you just got shitty knowing High School Musical 2 was coming up and we were going to be shitty about it. You went, I really love it. I thought Billy Ed was absolutely fantastic. Six. <laughs> so it's it's hard because I think I'm going to have to put it past me that I gave Billy Elliot a six. Yes. Um, and in doing that, I'm going to give Face Off a six as well. Because I would have had to give Face Off lower than Billy Elliot. Yes, I see what you mean. Love Travolta, love Nicolas Cage, love the way they played each other. Thought that was brilliant. Just the story I was a little bit like, really? Um, So that makes 20. 20 out of 30. Not bad. And obviously, on the Sofa Cinema Club, me, Jack and Coulson have kept all the records of the films, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) We've always said, look, we should note them down. And unbelievably, someone has. Someone has. Someone has. Ashley Jones, 1994. She's done the score table of every film. It's impressive. Who put what? Who gave it what? Muriel's Wedding, very high. Who remembers Muriel's Wedding from season one? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 28.5. Wow. The bit I was annoyed about was, I gave Harry Met- When Harry Met Sally a 10. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Why did I do that? Colson 10, Jack 9, Ben 10, 29? No. You couldn't have gone 10, did you? Yeah. What did Papadopoulos get overall, Ben? Series one, Papadopoulos, 13. <laughs> Colson... With a nine. Because I knew what was about to happen. Jack with a four. Ben with a zero. (laughs) That gave it 13. And then Psycho, bang next at 26. So anyway, look, Ashley Jones, thank you very, very much. We will post these uh, up, but you've done an absolutely sterling job there. We're going to give producer Henry a little bit of homework to do, aren't we? And get everything put into a leaderboard so we can see what's been... The film that we've rated the most, what's been the film that we've hated the most, and put it all together so that you guys can see where it is. I wonder if we're going to see we've become... I wonder if we're through the series, we've become harsher. Uh, Yeah, probably. We, I think we're getting harsher. We haven't had a 10 yet, this series, I don't think. I have. Oh, you... Yeah, we no. both have, actually, me and Ben. Oh, yeah, you have, dickheads. We're all in this I'm completely together. regretting that now. <laughs> I had my face changed and that should should have alerted you that someone had my face because I gave High School Musical a 10 and that's not my face. That's my way out. That was Coulson pretending to be me. That's what I would say to you. If if I had your face, 
and I was talking to the other, I'd go, Kramer versus Kramer, shit film, sloppy six. <laughs> and you would then know that Jack or Ben would never say that. High school yeah. musical, zero. Number two, both zero. <laughs> right, so before we find out what we're watching next week, which has been chosen by you guys at home, it is time for the infamous breakaway section of... Jack's Hidden Gem of the Week. week. It's catchy. It is catchy. Hit us. Okay, so I watched this documentary last night. It's on Netflix. Everybody's got Netflix, haven't they? And even if you haven't got Netflix, I'm sure your friend, your window cleaner, your uncle. I'm sure you're using someone's login. Yeah. So Netflix documentary. Now, it came out a couple of years ago, but I was just doing the old flick through. And I found out that it's produced by a girl called Amy Zeering, I think is how you pronounce her name. And she produces a lot of documentaries that I like, some that I've even covered on the uh, podcast, actually. She produced um, Pharaoh versus Alan, the Woody Allen documentary, um, The Hunting Ground, that. Um, she's really big on documentaries, and this is one that I watched last night, and it's called The Bleeding Edge. And it basically follows medical equipment that are used in operations and surgery. So it might be a hip replacement. It might be something to do with a vasectomy, something like that. And it's about things that are FDA approved by the US government and that are inserted into bodies that not necessarily work or they go wrong or there's problems with them. And it's all about just financial gain, really, um, on what the FDA can um, uh, earn on, on on the companies that make the equipment. So what's a, what, what example would you give? Well... A, lo- a lawnmower <laughs> being used for a heart transplant. <laughs> it did, I'm sorry, it didn't work. It didn't work out. We lost him. <laughs> I turned it, I just went... <laughs> it is it is scary though it is scary that some of these things do happen and it's uh you know uh real people on the documentary that live with you know the, the problems that occurs to them after they've had the procedure lawsuits that happen and then and the government knowing about it and not necessarily doing the right thing and taking these certain things and equipment off the market. I mean, there's even a doctor who goes in for like a hip replacement and then the cobalt of the metal that's that's used starts to affect his brain. So rather than the equipment, it's, it, it, it's what they put into the body. To, the metal doesn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rots it's, or whatever. But it's really good. It's really good, fascinating documentary. That's on Netflix. It's called The Bleeding Edge. So that's this week's Hidden gem. Very good. I wouldn't have... I have never heard of that. Yeah, it's good. That is a hidden gem. Now, in first time in So Cinema Club history, and first time in Jack's hidden gem history, it's time for Colson and Ben's hidden gem. <laughs> and we've, we've been working away in the flat, and we found something. <laughs> I didn't know about this. Do you know what? Brilliant. Screw him. Screw him. We're going to take over. We're going to have our very own hidden gem. So as you know, me and Ben have a flat watch, don't we? Before we go to bed, something nice and easy to watch. Ted Lasso is our last one. And then this one is... We have found the greatest TV show on Netflix. Imagine Love Island meets the Great British Bake Off. (laughs) And you put it in Texas. And you get 
The Great Barbecue Showdown. Oh, yeah. You told me about this. It's good. It's good, Jack. You'd think it'd be shit, and it's great. They have three barbecues, smokers. They get a challenge every week. They've got their own version of Merry Berry, haven't they? Yeah, it, 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 it's Bake Off Barbecue, isn't it? Yeah, Bake Off Barbecue. It's brilliant. When it goes all goes wrong, the chicken's raw. <laughs> Can't The salad's gone. They've over-smoked it. It's going to taste of smoke. It's very good. It's very good. It really does hold you. So that, that's mine and Ben's recommendation. What's that on? Netflix. Netflix. It, it's, it's brilliant. It is. It is really good. Yeah. You'd think it's one of those watches where... You're watching it, and you know... After 20 minutes, you're in. You could just talk at the yeah. telly. Yeah. yeah. You could just talk at the... No way she's going to win. She's not going to win. And then she does. Yeah. And you're like, oh, she's pulled that back. That marinade was good, wasn't it? What a burger. <laughs> One of them gets evicted. Like, the, wor- the worst proteins of the week, they get evicted. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's full-on competition. So they have to barbecue a meat, and then they have to make some sides. Yeah. It's good. Every week's a different challenge. <laughs> to sum it up, Jack, we're on episode five, and the quote from the end of episode five from Vanessa, who is the Mary Berry, turned around and said, nobody said competition barbecue was going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> As if you'd say that. As if you'd say that, though. Competition barbecue's easy. No one said that. No, no one no, no one has ever said that. So that's Colson and Ben's not-so-hidden gems. It's bloody all over. It's all over Netflix. So next week, you guys at home got to pick what film you wanted us to watch. So, as always, you got to comment, you got to put all your suggestions in, and it got narrowed down to five randomly, and it went into a semi-final. So in semi-final, number one, we had... Star Wars, which there were plenty of people cheering for, Mm. versus The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard won that comfortably. Did it? Comfortably, yeah. Like, by a good 70%. Wow! Semi-final two was Training Day, Mm. which apparently is a big film, yeah? Big film. Big film. Great film. Versus Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead won that comfortably. Piss off. Oh, so the final... Being The Bodyguard bodyguard. versus Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that them two absolutely annihilated Training Day and Star Wars. This is why you should have a look, Jack, at what's going on. So you you let, you know, you just break the fall a little bit for yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you this. It was tight. Was it? Like... We're talking 150 votes tight. So by an inch, next week, we are going to the Winchester and we're watching Shaun of the Dead. God, I'm buzzing. Everyone at home is buzzing. You two, fuming. We thought it was the end on High School Musical 2, but we finished ourselves off. What was the one we really hated before that? Hot Fuzz, which I loved. Sure. I think I gave it like an eight. Let's. Well, I'll tell you, we'll be able to see because I'm going to look at our previous Ashley Jones. It was part of the... Car- it's it's one of the Cornetto trilogy, isn't it? And Shaun of the Dead's a good film. <laughs> You're going to love it. Right, okay, Hot Fuzz. What did you give it, Coles? What do you reckon? I reckon eight. Eight. You gave it nine. 
Jack, what did you give it? Five. Six point five. Jesus Christ! And I gave it six twenty one point five for the first. <laughs> I've just seen Stuart Little. What we gave Stuart? <laughs> Stuart Little, Colson. What did you, now? This must have been your film, Stuart Little. Yeah. What I, What did you give it, Coles? I don't know. Six. Four. Seven. Four. <laughs> Jack five. Me I four. I gave it five. You gave it five, Jack. Oh, I don't know what's <laughs> happened to me. So next week we're watching Shaun of the Dead. If you want to take a trip down memory lane like we have and go back on some of our former apps, they're all there on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're back here on Monday for the next episode of Extraterrestrial. Until then, make sure you keep in touch with us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sofa Cinema Club. Keep sending us your comments. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know what you think about films. Until then, good night, God bless. Bye-bye. Good night, God bless. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.